share a message from her heart. She is one, and I'm not even saying this just because she's my wife. She's one of my favorite speakers to listen to. She brings such a wonderful word to the body of Christ. So please, on this Mother's Day morning, would you please give a round and warm welcome to Alicia Cruz, my wife, who is sharing on this Mother's Day. I got this one on. I'm good. All right. Good morning. morning. Happy Mommy's Day. (laughs) I got my mama shirt on to show the whole world that, yes, indeed, I deserve to wear anything that says mom on it. I paid the price. I am a mom. (laughs) And I paid the price while my husband was away speaking on Mother's Day weekend. It was just me and the kids. So I told him he could make it up to me um, around Father's Day. I'm going to go away for the weekend, put myself in a hotel, and say, enjoy fatherhood for the weekend. I'll be back. <laughs> no, he had my blessing, and I'm glad, you know, God is using him greatly. And, and uh, me and the kids, we had a fun weekend together. Uh, man, it is good to be back speaking. I don't know the last time I spoke. And so um, I've been praying about this message on God, what is it that you want me to share? And I had been reading through a devotional, and like it just popped out to me. And I was like, okay, this is, this is not an easy message. How am I going to break this down? You see, I admire some people. I admire people who love to run. You ever watch them? Like there are people who truly love to run. And like they put on Facebook, you know, went for my five, six mile run. I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, and just, you know, they're dressed for the part and they, you could just see like, they have like this glistening sweat and this smile and I just, I admire them and I wish that I like to run. But the truth is, is I'm a terrible runner. I don't even like it at all. It is painful. It hurts. I, I get the shin splints and I get the side aches and I feel like I'm gonna vomit if I go any further. I just don't like it. And so I stop and I'm like, you know what? I think I will stick um, with walking. Yeah. You see, I've never trained to be a runner. I tried it on my own and I was watching these other people and see how they just inspire me. I love it. I love those who run. They, it's an amazing form of exercise and man, they are getting healthy. They are dealing with their stress in a proper manner. They are investing in themselves. So I love the idea of running but the process is very different, right? You see, running, it's gonna require some strength, some determination, and a whole lot of discipline. It's a process in which one works through. You just don't hop off the couch and decide to become a marathon runner in one day. Um, It takes a little bit of practice. Okay, maybe a lot of practice. (laughs) And you have to be disciplined. You have to be able to work out And it's not just a casual thing. You can't just get up and say, okay, today I'm going to run five miles and then I'm not going to run again for the month. You know, you have to keep it going. Um, You have to have the proper diet. You have to hydrate yourself and you have to have the right equipment. You know, you can't go running in a pair of stilettos. You have to go running with running shoes on and you have to be dressed appropriately. Now, dressing the part I could do, 
you know, I can go shopping. I can get the best running shoes and I can get the cutest shorts and cute um, little top and just look the part, but that is not gonna make me a runner. I can shop very well. God has equipped me. (laughs) I knew I'd get some ladies out there that would agree. Though luckily, I may not be able to physically keep up in a race with someone, but I am still running a race. And it may not be on a literal track, but I am running a race in my life. I'm training, I'm keeping a pace. And while I'm doing this and I'm, and I'm loving the journey that I'm on and I'm running my race, I'm training someone else how to run this race too. As a mom, I'm training a generation in my home how to run this race. And so in my race, I'm making some great strides. In my race of life, I am stumbling sometimes. And then sometimes I fall flat on my face. Sometimes in my race, I might have some swollen toes, maybe some bloody toes. My toenails look like they're falling off because you're just running, running, running so hard. And in my race, there's a lot of joy coursing throughout my veins and my soul as I continue to press on. So would you open up your Bibles with me this morning to Hebrews 12? Is there any way I could have a little bit of light up here? I can't see very well, except for like just a tad bit. I have a lot of shadow on my stuff. There, thank you. Will you pray with me? God, you are good. And Lord, you have given this word. And so Lord, I just pray that you would bless this word this morning. Lord, let it minister, let it speak. God, it is your word and it never returns void and it fulfills all things. So God, we take your word today and we apply it to our hearts and help us, God, to apply it in our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Hebrews 12, one. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You see, we are all called to a race. It is a race that is marked out for all of us. The writer of Hebrews tells us that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And if we read in Hebrews chapter 11, that is considered the hall of fame for the Bible. Wonderful examples of faith, extraordinary people, who were actually ordinary people who did extraordinary things for God. These witnesses of faith, they help us to see that we are not alone in this race in life, that there is a purpose and a destiny for all of us. It's a race that each of us are running separately, yet collectively. And as I was reading through my Christine Kane devotional, she had talked about the USA's women's relay team. Now the USA women's relay team for the Olympics was a dominating force. But in 2000 at the Olympics in Sydney, the second runner struggled to get the baton to her teammate. 
That mistake cost the team milliseconds and they ended up losing by 0.25 seconds. Four years later after that, the first runner passed the baton successfully, but it was out of the exchange zone. Therefore, it disqualified them from the race. Four, year, four years after that, in 2008, they completely dropped the baton and didn't compete in the final medal race. And then 2012, 12 years after that first debacle that seemed to keep following them every four years, they rebounded and they won gold. 12 years it took to get back on track, to get back to that winning the gold. And you know, that goes to show me that you can have the fastest runners, you can have the most experienced runners, and that's not going to guarantee you a win. You have to have a smooth handoff. You have to have the ability to be in the right time, in the right moment to receive it. And you gotta move. You gotta move fast if you wanna win. See, this race in life, this is the best part. You don't have to do it alone. God has given us each, each other to run, to pass this baton along and celebrate the victories together. When we are running the race with others, we get the privilege of following the same vision. We get the thrill of the journey. And who doesn't love to celebrate a victory? And we get to do it all together. Each of us as a body of Christ, we have different strengths. We have different weaknesses. Our faith journey was never meant to be on our own. Thank God there are, we don't have to be a lone ranger in the faith. No, as long as our purpose remains the same, if we're serving him, if we're telling others about him, if we're living out our faith for all to see, our purpose is the same. We are building the kingdom of God. And I believe that we need to surround ourselves with others who are going in the same direction. I can't run a race with someone who's going the opposite way. I'll never get to my destination if that's the case. And so what I love about this is that you can pick your team. You can choose your team. I hated that part in gym class. Anybody else hate that part in gym class? Now, like I said, I was not the most athletic person. Do you think I was chosen first for dodgeball? I hate the idea of someone getting smacked in the face with a ball. I just hate dodgeball. I'm sorry. I just, it's cruel. It's unusual punishment to put your elementary kids through dodgeball. Don't choose me for running because I already explained the side stitches, you know, all of that. That happened since I was a kid. Don't choose me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But on this race of faith, you can choose me. But do you know there's actually, so like um, I work with, I work in um, a school where I'm the junior kindergarten teacher. Well, the kindergarten teacher, I was talking with her about my message and she's like, I ran relay. She was very athletic in school. We were very opposite. Um, You know, I was in the choir. I was in all the dramas. You know, that was more my forte. (laughs) But she's like, I ran relay. I'm like, tell me about it. And so we talked about the different, different legs of relay and you're, you're, uh, you have four legs for, 
four by 400 for your relay team. And your first runner and your last runner are your strong runners. She goes, I always ran first. <laughs> but that was the first leg. That was, that's the priority of that athlete. So when you're choosing a team, you're, you, you are looking for that first leg. That, that athlete needs to have a great start. They need to be able to run that bend and they need to be able to pass the baton. Can you think of someone that you would love to surround yourself with? Can you think of someone in the faith that you admire? Those who are making a difference, you need a good, strong leader to follow. Find someone that is willing to invest in you and willing to invite you in. Those who lead need to prepare for the next person that they're gonna pass this off to. And you're thinking, well, I don't know. Or you're maybe like, I'm not gonna make a move until they come say, please come follow me. Let me invest in you. Let me pour into you. No, you gotta seek it out. You gotta search it out. Man, there are some amazing women in my life that I would, there was one woman in particular that served in our district and I said, I wanna be like her. That woman can preach and she can intercede and just her heart just overflows. So what did I do? I got close to her. I got close to her because I wanted what she had. I, want, I, I, I watched her, I served under her. I wanted to be like Ruth. And Ruth poured into me. She just poured into me and I could go to her when I said, Ruth, I'm really struggling with this. And that woman would cry and pray over me. You need a Ruth in your life. You need a strong leader who will help prepare you when they go to pass that baton on. But just don't expect that person to come to you. Sometimes you need to seek it out. Your second leg. Now this is a choice athlete who is confident in receiving, not just receiving, but also passing. And they need to be able to run in the straight and possess a sufficient speed of endurance. See, this person has to continue that pace that the first person started at. It's a technique in the baton pass. You can't just like fling it at someone. You can't just like expect them to stop and hand it. No, you're, you're going, you're going. You have to be able to, to take this baton at just the right moment. But you can't be standing still just waiting for them to, to toss it to you. There's a process. See, receiving the technique is just as important as the handoff and it keeps the race going. Then there's the third leg. Now this selection has to go to a sprinter who is also confident and reliable in receiving and passing the baton, but also needs to be able to run the bend very well and possess sufficient speed and endurance. There's all different parts. When they're running that track, there's all different parts of that track. They have to know it. They have to know that then. They have to know where, where to be able to cut in and where they're able to take off in order to beat the people around them. It's not just running to run. Much like the second, like this runner has to continue in the race. They need to, uh, uh, they, they need to keep the speed, even with a bend in the road. They need to be able to receive this and to hand it off to the person who's gonna take that final leg. And the fourth leg, here we are, we, 
would, we would normally select a runner who can receive the baton well, but can run straight and has the highest degree of a competitive spirit. You need this person to be your fastest person. They need to be fully confident that they have the ability to push past and they have to keep their eyes on the goal. This is the intense part of the race. This is where they have to be willing to let go and give everything that they have and take off. So it's Mother's Day. And many of you might be wondering if this girl does not race, why is she choosing a sport to illustrate a message? (laughs) And that's what I asked God to. (laughs) But we see throughout scripture, even Paul used it to beautifully illustrate the discipline, purpose, and endurance that is needed for our faith walk or run, I should say, that showing up on a Sunday is not enough. Just taking your kids and expecting our children's church ministers who do an excellent job to disciple your children, it's not enough. In order to grow in the Lord, we need more. And that's where the disciplines come in. Every day you are training. Every day you are preparing. And you do this through prayer. You're working that muscle. Through reading his word and filling your spirit with his word, you are enduring. With, through worship, you are receiving and giving to God. It's beautiful. And then in discipleship, discipling your home, discipling your children in the truth. You wanna make a difference in this world? You wanna make a difference in the community? Let it begin in your home. That's who you need to start with is our little ones. They're the ones that are going to school every day. They're the ones going into the marketplace. Their world is watching. I love here in uh, 1 Corinthians, I believe we have this uh, 9, chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, the New Living Translation. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone run, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do, they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I had to look that up because I've never used that terminology. It's someone that like sits and spars with nobody in front of them. Like just sits there jabbing, jabbing, sparring, and, but they have nobody in front of them. He's not, he goes, I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul's saying, I can't just tell you what to do and not do it myself. And so he, he, he makes that flesh submit to the Holy Spirit. Listen, my flesh does not want to get up at five o'clock in the morning and read and pray. It doesn't. It so doesn't at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I struggle every morning and and I lay there in bed and I'm like, I'm so tired, God. And then I hear this whining dog downstairs. (laughs) The Lord says, get up. And I make my way downstairs and I take the dog out and I get my coffee and then I sit down and say, okay, God, what do you want to say? 
and I just spend time with him. I read his word and I spend that time in prayer and, I, and that time goes so fast. I'm like, God, I wish I had more time. That went way too fast. It's a, it's a discipline. And if I don't discipline myself, how can I tell you what to do? And how can I tell my children, this is what we do. This is how we are. I can't just say, do this and I not do it. No, I have to make my body submit even at the five o'clock hour. So here are some things about the race I want you to remember. Don't drop the baton. Now this baton has a lot of character. This is a real baton. Um, I talked to the school track coach. Said I need you to just tell me about relays. Tell me about running. You know, just kind of glean from her a little bit because I know nothing when it comes to that. But there is... There's some character on this baton. It looks like it's been dropped a few times. But if you drop this baton, it stops the race. See, a person who isn't ready to receive this baton, don't take it if you're not ready to receive it. Or maybe the person running with the baton is not ready to hand it off, so they just keep going and keep going and keep going. Eventually, the game stops, the race stops, and you've held it for too long. And the person waiting, ready, ready to follow what you started, can't go on because you never handed it off. See, both people need to be in sync with one another. And dropping the baton or not giving it away is a surefire way to make sure that your, your race dies. So are you allowing your legacy to continue? You gotta be sure to pass it on. And you gotta ask yourself, maybe you're the one that's ready to receive. Am I willing to grab the baton if he asks me? And you cannot stand still in, the, in that exchange zone. You gotta move. You gotta move as that person's coming for you in order to take it and to take off. If you're standing still, you're gonna see all the other people just fly right past you. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to run that race? There are many times that God will move us out of that comfort zone, which is in that exchange zone. He's gonna move us out of our comfort zone in order to move us forward to the plan that he has for our lives. And I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. I know when God asked us to, go, to, to plant this church, and we left uh, an evangelistic ministry that was doing very well. And I knew it was time. I had prayed for over a year that it was time for us to, to plant and to, to have roots somewhere. But it was the scariest thing. It was, it was, just, it was such a, a leap of faith that I thought, well, what if we fall flat on our face? But he, he told us, grab the baton and run and run. And let me tell you, it hasn't been the easiest run. It's not. There's been blood, sweat, and tears all the way through, but there's been such a joy too. How many of you have been saved or know of someone that's been saved through this ministry that God told us to plant here in the Milton Lewisburg area? Yeah. 
Would it have happened if we weren't obedient? I don't know, God is faithful, but there is a reason why he told us to do what we had to do. But if we never took the baton and ran with it, lost dreams, lost hope. When you take the baton, no matter how hard it is, he'll lead you through. He'll give you the strength and the endurance. And then there's the false start. That would probably be me ready to go before the thing goes because you're just so excited. You just want to like take off, right? And so you're just like, you ever do that with your kids? You're like, ready, set. And then one of them's already gone, you know? <laughs> but how many of us do that too? Come on. How many of us, we have a dream in our heart that God gave us and we're like, you know what, Lord, if you don't let this dream start, I'm going to start it my own way. Come on now. waiting for God's timing. Stop trying to make it happen on your own. Oh, how many times do we get excited like that little kid? We're like, on your mark, get steady. And you're like, God, just let it, you know, where's that gun? Where's that whistle? And then you just start that race out on a false start and you're running and running and running and running and running and running and you're tired. You have no resources because it wasn't time yet. In that waiting, don't take that as, God's not just giving me an answer. Take that as, hold on, the whistle's gonna blow. Hold on, he's getting ready. There's a timing, there's a reason for it. Because if you take off too fast, who's gonna be there to, to, to take on the next baton? And this third one, so I had to come up with a shorter thing because when I was doing it was, and I'll explain why. <laughs> you ever heard that uh, phrase, stay in your lane? Come on, how many of you in the workplace work with someone who wants to tell you how to do your job so well? And you're like, stay in your lane, buddy, stay in your lane. I got this, right? In a race, there are rules to the race. You may not improperly overtake another competitor, preventing that competitor from passing you. Can you imagine like you're running and you just keep running over to their lane, like you're not gonna pass me, not gonna pass me. You cannot interfere with another competitor at all. That will automatically disqualify you. So stay in your lane. See, there's a wonderful thing about this race is we are all on the same team. We may be running in different lanes. We might be running at different times, but the goal is the same. We are building the kingdom of God. And if you keep that your purpose in this race, you can eliminate competition with other believers. Everybody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you're not in competition with the other church down the street. We are on the same team. We are building the kingdom of God. And if that's not what we're doing, then you need to recheck your purpose because that was what it's been about from the very beginning. Embrace your race and compete and complete what God has given you to do. See, even in the small races, and you're like, well, that's not what I wanna do. I don't wanna start here. Why do I have to work in the nursery, God. Why do I have to do children's ministry? I should be up there with Pastor Tony. I can speak just as good as he can. Or maybe I should be leading worship. I can surely sing better than Pastor Alicia. You know, there, there, those thoughts, oh my goodness, how many of us deal with those 
agonizing thoughts that creep and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk all the time. We are not in competition with one another. We need to be working together, working together, running the race together. And if God's given you a small race to do right now, take that baton and you run with all your might until he gives you a bigger baton. See, you're growing in those small races. You're growing in strength. You're growing in character. And then he gives you something more as he passes that on to you. This is what the Lord has prepared in advance for you to do. Grow in it. Trust him along the way. When I was talking to the track coach, she said, one of the main things that I tell my my kids is do not focus on the other person's race. If someone's coming up behind you, your eyes shouldn't be focusing on them. You keep your eyes straight ahead to the end. That's what you need. You keep your eyes on the goal. You run your own race. If you're sitting around and watching others race, you're going to lose. You're not going to get as far because you're so busy watching everybody else's race that you're not running your own. So if you want victory, then look at victory. Keep that your focus and run towards victory until you get there. We are the body of Christ. Each of us have a role to play. If I didn't have my toes, it would be really hard to run. I need every intricate part in order to do what God's asked me to do. And we are all one intricate part together. Don't feel like your role is less than. We complement each other as a whole, especially when we keep our purpose and mission the same. So going back to Hebrews 12, I love the New Living Translation where it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin. Come on, and pride, that pride and that that competition spirit with each other, that's sin. That stuff slows you down. It weighs you down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. And let us run the race that God set before us by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So you're saying, well, Pastor Alicia, it's too late. Like your baton that has a lot of dings in it. That's me. Guess what? We all mess up. And the wonderful thing about God's grace is what man would consider a disqualification from the race is never taken away your salvation. But if you are running that race, be careful because people are watching your race and we need to practice what we preach. You need to live it out. You need to be genuine. You need to allow discipleship to take place in your life. Practical biblical disciplines and finish strong. Back in 2018, University of South Carolina, USC, had its women's relay team for the NCAA championship. Now, I want you to watch this clip. And so USC is wearing um, black and gray, and they have like this little orange, like triangular thing on their chest so you can see which um, school they are. But I want you to watch this clip on what it means to be persevering and to have endurance. Can we, can we roll that clip? From the inside, Ohio State, Florida, Kentucky, then Oregon, USC, Purdue, and the outside lanes, Baylor, and LSU, they will stay in their lanes, of course, for the first full 
leg. Hand off the baton on the outgoing runner will stay in lanes through the curve and then break for the pole on the backstretch. One of the most amazing races, and I love that it's last because no matter if you have five people in the stands or 5,000 in the stands, every single one of the team's individual performers, men and women, are lined around the track, and this place just goes bananas in this event. So watch for the handoffs as Brianna DeSrosi of Oregon is having a great leg for Oregon and for Purdue. Chloe Abbott running well for them. Oregon passes first, then Purdue, then LSU. And a terrible pass and a really tough leg for Kentucky. They are well back. Purdue brings in a veteran squad. When I talked to their coach, Lonnie Green, he said, we may not have had the names coming in when they were freshmen, but now that they are juniors and seniors, they have developed into a unit. There's one unity there. It's not four individual runners. He's done a fantastic job with his sprinters. They have had a great showing here at the national championships. Boy, I don't know what happened to Kentucky. They are well back. They're in sixth place and not making up a lot of ground. Jasmine Camacho Quinn carrying the baton for the Wildcats. Purdue lifting nicely in the finishing stretch with Brianna Thomas. Here comes USC. And USC now moving from third, trying to move to fourth. Anna Cockrell doing a good job. They are still in fourth, though. Remember, they've got to win this race to win the team title. Sydney McLaughlin is going to certainly improve Louisville and uh, Kentucky's chances, but she is way back. They're at least 40 meters off the lead and currently in sixth place. Oregon running very smart down that backstretch, but here comes Ohio State making a move on the backstretch. It's Purdue and Oregon. Vanessa Garpino of Oregon making a nice move, trying to come up to Purdue. For Purdue, that's Simone Black. And look at Sydney McLaughlin. She's racing into fifth place and closing. Wow. Her split's going to be interesting. Oh, and USC bobbles the baton at the pass. And that puts Kentucky in fourth. Oh, SC passing on the inside. I'm not sure if that was uh, incidental contact necessarily. But Purdue is winning this race so far. Janaea Mitchell for Purdue on the anchor. Kendall Ellis for USC now into third for Kentucky. That is K.L. Clark. K.L. Clark, a great closer for Kentucky, and I just don't know if Purdue is going to get caught. Now, there's no way it's going to let it drop the baton. Purdue's going to win this, which we certainly didn't see. Here comes SC. USC oh is not going to catch Purdue, I don't think. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, Ooh. look what's just happened. USC wins the women's team oh in the last year of the 4x4. Unbelievable final leg by Kendall Ellis. 50.0 on the split. I almost had a heart attack. Well, it just doesn't get better than that. The wow. only team in the race that can win the team title Georgia has to be in shock at that outcome. That is a carbon copy of what happened last year. It was snatched from Georgia by Raven Rogers of Oregon last year and Kendall Ellis. Wow. <laughs> you need a strong runner at the end, right?
Can we show the um, picture that we have here of, I think I have another one. See her leg, how she pulls up forward and leans forward to win that race. That's someone that didn't give up. She was, they were like fourth place, third place, kept like teetering back there. And then she just took off. Even what looks like a definite loss, but it was not. She finished strong. Kendall Ellis takes a bobbled handoff, is in third place and then just takes off. And you may be running your race and not starting well. You may even fumble here and there with a handoff, but you will have amazing teammates around you who are going to succeed, who are going to get it wrong. But the point is, is that you finish strong. You keep your eyes forward, keep your eyes set on Jesus and you run your race and you keep your eyes on that prize and you go. Are you running your race? Are you afraid of your race? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to complete your race? There's a generation of kids who are needing to learn from us. They're watching us. They need to know that this race is worth it. They need the baton passed off to them. There is no junior Holy Spirit. That's why my kids are serving in ministry at this church. And why we have some other kiddos serving in ministry. If you have a teenager, you should be getting them here to youth night and allow them to get poured into and allow them to pour into each other and minister to one another. But allow your kids to run this race with you. It's never too early to have your children join in. It's never too early to have your kids pray out. It's never too early to have them lead a devotional thought. And in your race, perfection is never required to start your race. Thank God. Just run. And as you grow in him, then strive towards that perfecting of your faith. But if you say, well, I'm not even close, that's okay. Just start running towards the one who is. Keep your eyes on him. Paul had such a past that many of us would never understand that kind of life that he lived. But Paul ran a race. He had to overcome. Paul was there as Stephen, the very first martyr of the church, stood there taking their coats as they stoned him. Later on to go write three quarters of the New Testament. Don't tell me that you've been too bad or you're too far from God to run this race. God can use anybody. Don't dwell on your past, but it's time to be a Kendall Ellis and push, push forward, push forward in your race towards God for your family, push forward for your future, push forward. We have hope in Christ. And so if you're carrying this baton and it might be battered and bruised, but you're carrying it, you're carrying it, you're carrying it so that the next person that goes on is gonna take this race and run further than what you ever could have on your own. In my closing here, I want us to look at Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. 
Paul says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection from which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. We're all called to this race. We're all called to carry a baton. Whether you're starting the race for your family, whether you are in a season of life where you're getting ready to pass on a baton to someone else, or maybe you're in the very end stages of your race before you get to heaven, finish strong. Finish strong. We have an incredible amount of people that need to hear about the love of Jesus. They need to know that he still saves, he still heals and he still delivers. He still sets captives free. And if we keep quiet and we keep it to ourselves, your race is gonna slowly die. Train up your generation to run with you. Train up your kids to run with you and show them this is what it means to pass this on and run your race well, run your race well.